0: Welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. I'm your host, as always, Coach Callie Tammy, out here in beautiful San Diego, California. And today is day number one of our seven-day podcast blast leading up to July 4th, which is the official launch day of my book on Amazon. Dear victim, it's time for us to break up now. And I am so freaking excited. You guys have no idea. Like, If you are not friends with me on Facebook, you have got to go in that now. My Facebook page is public, so you don't necessarily have to be friends with me in order to see what's on my page. But I did open up the box of books live on Facebook. And I tell you, when I opened it up, I was absolutely speechless. The picture on the front of the book took my breath and it let me know right off the jump that all the work it took to get the cover photo was worth every single step I took, like every step and all of the sweat, all the snow, all of the elevation, all of the hunger, like all of the soreness that it took, those three trips up that mountain was freaking amazing. The first trip up the mountain, I did 22 ish, no, 25,000 steps. Second trip up the mountain, I did 30, 34 or 35,000 steps. Third trip up the mountain, I did almost 45,000 steps, 17 and a half miles, 13 hours. And it was amazing. So I've been sitting here most of the day or actually most of the week as I was putting together my plan for what I wanted to talk about during these seven days and these are all going to be bonus episodes. We're still going to get the, the regular, you know, Life Awakening podcast on uh, Monday morning, like you always do. Or actually, you'll get it on Sunday. And then, you know, Monday, I'll have another bonus one all the way up through actually July 5th. So it'll be an extra bonus one on on top of there. But I was thinking about what, a, what it was that I wanted to talk to you guys about during these seven days, because you know these, these bonus episodes are going to be about the book. And why i think it's important for you guys to get the book what you're going to get out of the book why i wrote the book which is what today is about like why why i felt like it was important to share my story and what i believe that you'll get out of the book if you read it you know i and i think i've shared bits and pieces i know i've shared a, a, a lot of parts of my story as you listen to my podcast from day 1 all the way up to here and you know, my book gets down to the nitty gritty. Like I, I'm very, I don't want to say I'm topical in my podcast when I share parts of my story, but I'm topical. I want you to know that I, like when you get into my book, man, it's going to, it's getting deep. I, I, I'm getting deep and I'm, I'm very open. I'm very transparent. I'm very vulnerable sharing with you all of my, All of the the dark, broken pieces of my life. And then instead of trying to put the pieces back together, I just built a new me. You know, uh, a lot of people, when they get broken, they try to take those broken pieces and put them back together. And they end up cutting themselves all up. I don't look at it when I was going through my growth period that I was taking the broken pieces and putting them back together. I built new pieces and I made a new me those broken pieces were broken and I had to heal them. Yes. I had to face them head on. Yes. I had to quit blaming other people for my circumstances, my situations, and where I was in life and take ownership of all of that. But trying to take those pieces and make them fit into my new life wasn't working. And I didn't want the old me coming forward. I wanted to heal her and I wanted her to know that everything was going to be okay, but it was Meant to leave her where she was because I don't live in the past anymore. And that person that I was back then, I am nothing like her at all. Like in the, in the depths of my heart, I brought forward a scared, timid little girl who had been abused the majority of her life and brought her forward into the new me and let her know that she's strong and powerful and beautiful and she can do anything that she sets her mind to. And there's no limits on her life whatsoever. It's amazing when I look back and I connect the dots now, it's, a, it's amazing to me when I hear people tell me that they got my book yesterday and they're more than halfway done with it today and they can't put it down and they're, they're just drawn in and they're engulfed and they felt every emotion that I felt, you know, they laughed, they cried, they were happy, they were sad, they were angry and they felt like it was a conversation you know, over a cup of coffee, sitting down on the couch, just discussing life and, and, you know, what I went through and how I emerged through the fire on the other side to be this big, beautiful person that I am now. Hey, everybody, this is Coach Callie Taming. I hope you are really enjoying the Life Awakening podcast. And I wondered, did you know that you can actually get paid to listen to my podcast? I know it sounds really crazy, but it's true. I just found this awesome new app. It's called PodCoin and you actually get paid to listen to my podcast or any other podcast that you want to listen to. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin into gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you choose, you can donate it to a PodCoin charity of your choice. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Go right now and download the app on your iPhone or Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use the code LIFEAWAKENING, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough podcasts on here, you'll get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code LIFEAWAKENING. I swear it'll change the way that you listen to podcasts. I started writing this book back in 2013 and just to give you a little idea of where I was at that point in life, I had been a personal trainer for a little over a year. I was living in a quadruplex in Atlanta. It was my first apartment that I had been in since I tried to take my life. Since before I tried to take my life actually, like I I was in a Prior to that, I was in a three-story townhouse in Birmingham working at a barbecue place and I lost everything. I lost the job, I lost the house, I lost the car, I had to move in with my kids and I moved out for, with them and got into an argument with them and they didn't talk to me. So I, my, my son and my daughter-in-law didn't talk to me for over two years and it was a really hard time for me and so when I moved to Atlanta, I lived in a hotel for 30 days while I looked for an apartment. I was dancing at a strip club and I had to have like money to put down on the apartment, money to turn on all of my utilities and all that other kind of stuff. And I had to find somewhere that was going to allow me to rent with bad credit or no credit. Actually, I, I, I would say it was bad that I didn't have, it wasn't a no credit situation. I had some um, medical bills on there and I had some other past debts and stuff that were showing up. And, So my credit was not good, but I had money because I made good money dancing where I was at. I found somewhere and I I had been training for a year. But being a brand new personal trainer, I was not making the money that I was making dancing. I was with my ex, my then fiance, and um, I was, I was at Emmon Park which was the gym that I was training at. I, I worked for the same owners. He owned like five different gyms in the Atlanta area. And so I was at Emmon Park when I started writing and something told me, actually, I was sharing my story with one of my clients. She was talking about a friend of hers who was sexually abused and she just never got over it. And she was having a hard time, you know, moving forward in life. And, you know, she's just stuck in this cycle. And I was like, well, you know, I was sexually abused as a child too. And I made it out. And she was like, really? And so I shared my story with her and you just see me suck the wind out of her lungs. And she was like, oh my God, she was like, you, you need to write a book. Like, really? Like somebody, you, your story will help somebody like People need to know that they can change their life, that the things that happen to them are not who they are. And like, I would have never known that that was something that you went through if you had not shared that with me. And I'm just like so proud to know you. And, you know, that was that was very touching to me. And um, my best friend, Teresa, she had she had mentioned that before, too. She was like, Tammy, she's like, you know what? Like, I, I don't know what kind of writer you are, but like you I think you need to write a book or at least try to write a book and see how it feels, because I really think that your story would help somebody. And, and I'd heard that from, from several different people at different times. And, you know, as, as I've said many times, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that I was going to be a writer or that I was going to write a book or be a best selling author, or even love to write, I would have laughed at you hysterically because it was never in my, it was never in my vision back then. Like, you know, when I got out of school, hell, I didn't like to read much less write. that was just honest. But I know that when I journaled, when I was going through my going through my depression and, and the beginning stages of coming out of it, journaling was healing to me. And I was writing in a journal and and going and going and going and going and it and it made me feel better. And as I went through that process, I think that's where the love of writing actually started. I would write those things and then I started writing some poems and i would write letters to d and i would write long notes on facebook and i had shared a part of my depression story on facebook on one of my notes you know, on, if you go on Facebook, there's a place where you can write a, a long, a long note because I think you have just like so many words that you can write on the regular post and then they have notes where you can write like a story or whatever, like a blog on your Facebook, I guess. And so I I wrote the depression part of my story on a note and shared it on Facebook and I got a ton of, of hits on that and uh, the way that I wrote it, that was just extra confirmation that I needed to share my story. Not just my depression story, but my child abuse story. And sharing it all at one time was terrifying to me, to be perfectly honest. It really was. And, you know, like I said, I I started writing and when I would go back to those moments and I would try to write, it still hurt so bad. Like it was, it was very painful for me to write about those things and about how, because I had, I thought I had healed my relationship with my mom enough to write. In 2013, I thought that I had let it go and said, you know, my mom is my mom. She is not the same person. I know that she really loves me. Our relationship is different now. And you know what I mean? I I think I can write this now. And when I started writing, that was not the case whatsoever. So I, I put it down. I I had to just put it down. I was like, I don't, I don't want to feel this hurt. I'm, I'm going through a lot at this moment in time because coming out of the dancing world, you know, I was making stacks of cash every week and going into being a brand new personal trainer. We're in the summertime and I'm hardly making any money. I'm walking to the bus two and a half miles one way to get to the bus every day. I had to catch the bus at 5.15 in the morning to make sure that I made my first client. And I will tell you, I never missed a client when I was riding that bus. And I rode that bus for a year, for a year, two and a half miles one way. It was three hours in the morning to get to work. And it was, what, no, it was one and a half to two hours to get to work every day. And at the very least, it was three to four hours to get home every evening. That was every day five days a week and then Saturday it was longer on the bus when I had Saturday clients because there was fewer routes going and so I had to walk further to get where I needed to go and there wasn't as many buses and so I had to wait longer because the buses only ran every hour instead of every 15 minutes. So it was even much longer on Saturday and I did that for a year and so I when when I put down the book I was just like, I, I, I can't do this right now. And, and Teresa's like, well, you know, that makes sense. You know, just, you know, don't, don't worry about it. One of the times, right, you'll, you'll figure it out. And so I moved in with one of my clients because me and my fiance, Dee, he had gotten a promotion and he was, we were supposed to be relocating to Puerto Rico together. So I sold everything I owned. I moved in with one of my clients. I was now at Sage Hill and I had a feeling that me and Dee were not going to make it, that I was never going to make it to Puerto Rico. And I was holding on to him desperately because I needed, I felt like I needed him to save me and I really needed to save myself. I owed over $7,000 in back rent at that apartment because not being a personal, I mean, not being a, a stripper anymore, I was barely making $200 a month. Like the month of June of 2013, I made $150 for the whole entire month. My rent was 750 I never missed a day of work. I always had gas in the car. I I wasn't driving then. I was on the bus. But I, I always made it to work. I always made it to church. I never missed a client. My utilities didn't get cut off. And they never came after me for the rent. It never went on my credit. They wiped away everything. That ain't nobody but God. I don't care what your belief structure is, higher power, source, inner being, whatever. I've never known an apartment complex or a owner of a rental property, let somebody get $7,000 and back rent behind and then let it all go. Wipe it clean. But that's what they did. Very blessed, very honored, very thankful, very appreciative, very humbled by by that whole turn of events. So when I moved in with my, my new roommate over there closer to the gym, so if I walked to gym, if I walked to the gym, it took me less than 15 minutes to get to work. She had an extra car, and after I was there for a little while, she let me drive the extra car. I took care of the maintenance on the car, the brakes, and getting the oil changed and did all of that. I was very thankful for that. And then um, the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving, I get a phone call from my brother. My mom was in intensive care on life support. She'd had a heart attack in her sleep, and the doctor said that her organs were shutting down and she wasn't going to make it. And he was hysterical in tears and said, Tammy, what are we gonna do? Mom's not gonna make it. We need you to get here. And so I called everybody else in the family and I, I went home. And we had to take mom off life support the next day. The last time I saw my mom alive, and got a hug from her was the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, the week before. And it wasn't a great conversation because she wasn't taking her medication like she was supposed to. She wasn't eating like she was supposed to. and um. I told her I wanted her to be around for a while and she needed to take better care of herself. And she promised me she would. And a week later, I never got to hear her voice again. I couldn't write. I didn't have a heart to write. After that, I put on 30 pounds, almost 30 pounds in 30 days. I had a successful blog going at that time. And my blog partner, Roger Speed... Right after Mom died, he was a godsend man he He took over the blog he was writing writing and putting things in there for me and six months later, he walked out of his house and tripped over something in his head and he died. I had to go back home for another funeral six months later i couldn't write i did, I, I, I didn't have the words i didn't have the heart i couldn't I, I didn't even know what to say anymore like every time I sat down to write, I would just cry, and so I put down. I just, you know, I don't want to say I gave up on writing a book. I knew that it would eventually come out. I didn't know the when. I didn't know the how, but I knew that it would happen. And so I'm going to fast forward to to 2016. I'm in my own apartment now. No more roommates. I've got a successful personal training business. I got 40 clients, 30, 40 clients that I'm servicing a week. It was great. Every like life was grand. And I was, again, talking to somebody and, might have even been Teresa. I might, my my memory is a little fuzzy about who it was, but you know, the, the subject came up again about writing a book after I shared my story with somebody. And I was like, you know, I said, I already started it. I guess I should pull it out and start again. And so I started writing and then I had to, I, as I was writing, I realized I was angry, super angry, man. I was angry that I never got any answers from my mom before she passed away. I never got an explanation. I never got a reason or or an excuse, whatever terminology it is that you want to use for that, for this, for the sexual abuse, for the things that she allowed for the physical abuse, the verbal abuse, like all the things that she put us through as a kid. I was just angry and I thought I had healed enough to write. I thought that I had forgiven her enough to write. And I didn't want the words on the paper to be so angry that it cut somebody else and, And them feel the pain that I was still enduring because they didn't, they didn't, the people reading my book didn't cause my pain and I didn't want them to feel the, the anger that I was spewing out. So I put it up again. I became a life coach the next year. We went on a leadership retreat in Norway and I scattered my mom's ashes in Norway. And I think that was the final piece that I needed. That was, I needed to set her free. My mom had lived in a box her whole life. She never wanted to fly. She didn't want me to fly. Every time I got on a plane, it terrified her. and I, I wanted her to be on a plane. She couldn't argue with me about being on a plane because all it was she was just ashes in a box at this point in time. But like I wanted her to spend eternity in a beautiful place. And you know, living in the South it's hot and it's humid in the summer. She didn't like being hot. She didn't like being cold either, but she'd choose to be cold over being hot any day. And so when I told my brother Scott that I was going to Norway, he was like, mom would like that a lot. She always said she wanted to move to somewhere cold because she was tired of being hot. So when I got to Norway, we were up on top of a mountain. It's 30, almost 3,600 feet elevation overlooking one of the most beautiful fjords, snow-capped mountains everywhere, and just absolutely breathtaking. I scattered her ashes that day and it was one of the most freeing, heart-wrenching experiences I've ever been through. But when we got up to the top of the mountain, it was cloudy and overcast and every now and then the sun would peek through the clouds. But we went out to this spot where it was just perfect set, you know, perfect view in between two mountain tops and the fjord and, and everything. And I, I took mom's ashes out of the box and I said these beautiful words saying I wanted to set her free and because she'd lived in a box her whole life and so on and so forth. And as I took the, un, untied the bag and I went to scatter her ashes, the sun came bursting through the clouds. And as I threw her ashes up in the air, a wind came over my shoulder and took mom's ashes away. It, it couldn't have been more perfectly orchestrated if, if God had been standing beside, him, beside me himself. And I, I envisioned her spirit being taken away up with the beams of light from the sun at that moment in time. It was just beautiful. And I, I broke down in tears and I was immediately engulfed by hugs by with, from everybody that was with me on that trip. It was one of the most beautiful experiences that, that I, I have of my mom. After that, I, I knew it was time to start writing again. And I... I started over with the writing, because when I went back and I read what I had written, it hurt my heart to read all the anger and everything that was there about my mom and how I felt. And I, I didn't want anybody to think that I hate my mom, because I don't. I don't hate my mom at all. I love her very much. I miss her mama hugs, man. And, and, and I miss her phone calls and our silly conversations and her, her big laughter. You know, we playing cards with her, It was great. And so when I got to, when I got to San Diego, I finished writing and it was like one of the most easiest experiences that I, that I could ever have. Like the words just flowed. And there were days when I would meditate, I meditated before I wrote every day, but on some of those days when I meditated and I come in and I would just felt all of this excitement inside of me about writing. And like, I would, I was writing so fast. I don't even remember what I was writing. And it was this most beautiful experience. And when I got done, I, like, I just broke down in tears because I knew that this was the perfect time, and these were going to be the perfect words, and they were going to reach the perfect people and touch their heart. If you're wondering why I wrote this book, I want everyone, whether you're male or female, you know I, I say all the time that you know my podcast, my, my target market, is generally woman, women, women. I'm a woman. I can come from a woman's perspective. I know that I have a lot of guys that listen to my podcast and I love and appreciate you. And I hope that you will continue to listen. Everything that I say can be applied to everyone's life, not just women. But this, my story, I know that there are a lot of women that go through some of the things that I went through, especially with the sexual abuse. And I know there there are guys that go through it too, but there's the shame put on them by their abuser and I guess by themselves and by their by their families that that makes them not come out and say hey this happened to me there are a lot of people that suffer from depression or have suffered from depression in the past or going through it now or know somebody that went through it you know mental health awareness is is huge and That's the one part of my story I go, I dive super deep into. You hear the words that are in my head. You feel my hurt. You feel my anger. You feel my terror. And I bring you out on the other side. I want everybody that reads my book to understand that no matter what it is that you go through in life, whatever trauma it is, whatever experience it is that broke your heart, whatever it is that made you hit rock bottom. There's nowhere for you to go but up. You can become whoever it is that you wanna be at any given point in time as soon as you make the decision that you are sick and tired of being where it is that you're at. Nobody ever has to stay sad. Nobody ever has to stay angry. Nobody ever has to stay a victim. You can be victimized but it is a choice to stay a victim. And live in that victim mentality. It is a choice to blame other people for where you are. Sometimes things happen to us and we have no control over them. Other times we made decisions that took us down roads that put us in situations where bad things happen. And that's where the blame game comes in. And that's where we start blaming other people for our situation, our circumstances and the things that happen to us. And you know what? We got to own our shit, man. We got to own our shit. You know what? I made some decisions that took me down roads that led me to that depression that led me to a stare down with a bottle of sleeping pills. And I had to own that. And I had to learn how to forgive myself for making those decisions. I had to learn how to look at those situations and say, what did you learn from this to make sure that you never repeat those things again? It's a mistake if you do it one time. It's a choice if you do it twice. I wanted to make sure that my choices were always better than my previous mistakes. If I could instill anything in you when you read my book is that you always have a choice in the direction it is that you go. You always have a choice in whoever it is that you want to be. If you don't like the person that you are right now, you and only you have to make the decision on who you want to be, what direction you want to go and what changes that you want to implement to make your life better. If you want to leave a legacy for your family, you get to choose what that looks like and how fast it comes about. Nobody else. There's no insertion in this world. Nobody can make you do anything that you don't want to do. Nobody can tell you bad things about you unless you choose to allow them to do it. Nobody can make you believe anything bad about you unless you choose to allow it. Nobody can make you stay in a job that you don't like unless you choose to stay there. All of those things are choices, man, and you get to choose a different path at any given point in time. Is it going to be easy? Maybe, maybe not. Is it going to be worth it? Absolutely. Every single time. Is it going to be scary? Maybe, maybe not. Most likely, for a moment, you're going to feel a little bit of fear, but I, I, I want to challenge you to think of fear as false evidence appearing rare. If you're a Christian and you're into the Bible and, and, whatever, false evidence appearing real, that's it. That's, that's truth. Faith in some, in the things unseen, knowing, having a knowingness inside you that you can do whatever it is that you choose to do. You can become whoever it is that you choose to become and take that step. Look at it as excitement and let the fear feed the fire that's in your soul to become whoever it is that you want to be. I promise you it'll be worth it and you'll be glad that you did. I don't want to make these bonus episodes a whole hour long like my other ones. I hope that you enjoyed this little taste of why I wrote my book and what I want you guys to get out of it. Um, We are going for a seven day podcast blast. Launch day is July 4th. I will be dropping the prices of my book on July 4th. I will reveal that tomorrow. After I read a chapter of my book, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I hope with all of my heart that you will join me tomorrow on the next chapter of Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. As always, I'm your host, Coach Callie Tammy. Have a beautiful evening and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye now.